we're really, really happy to announce that, um, that we are just signed a, an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app and, um, they've been kind enough to, uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah. They, uh, we met them in LA when we did the, uh, Salon Digital Summit and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it. And so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to, uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. I'm sitting with my best bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, homie? What's going on? So we made a huge commitment for uh, 2019, and that's that we were going to um, bring more barbers on the podcast because um, last year we didn't really have um, well, we had the we had the rules of boys, but aside from the rules of boys, we didn't really have any um, any barbers on the on the podcast in 2018. Yeah, and then uh, um, the guy that we're interviewing today, we met him out in uh, the Salon Digital Summit by Modern Salon last uh, was it November? It was uh, yeah yeah first weekend of November right yeah. So listen, hey, listen, Steve Reese, if you're listening, you've got to do it again because uh, I know everybody that attended got great value out of that weekend. 100%, 100%. But the guy that we're interviewing today, uh, he has a uh, Instagram page that has 1.1 million followers. Holy cow. Is that our and, biggest yet? Hold on. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's our biggest, right? Dude, we got our biggest. He's like the king of the barbers. We wanted to bring in the barbers. We brought in the king of the barbers. Yeah. So it's only, well, I'm not going to say it's only down from here. But <laughs> it's, it's not true, no, but it's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, this guy, uh, you know, he's, he's done great things for the barber world. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Can't wait to get this story. And I mean, his story is so uh, exclusive, inclusive. Uh, it is all over the place. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully we can wrap it up to make a good yeah. story out of it. <laughs> well, you know, enough about you and I. Exactly. So uh, our guest today is uh, is Lee Resnick. And if you're not familiar with Lee, Lee runs the uh, uh, Barbershop Connect. And um, and he also runs the, uh, or puts on and produces the um, yeah. the, the Barbicon. And uh, listen, we just did a small little show in our, in our area. And uh, the work is insane. I can't imagine the work that he's putting in to put on like a big like production like Barbican. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you know our little show, and you know we feel like we needed a, a couple of weeks to just to get our <laughs> self together. Exactly. This guy, man, he's he, I mean, he's a showman himself. Yeah. So no doubt about it. Should we bring him on? Yeah. So, Mr. Lee Resnick of Barber Connect, welcome to your day off. What's up, everybody? 
Barbershop kick. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Lou. Already, already we're going down that. I'm going to get a phone call from the Barber Connect guys from London being like, what's going on? How you guys doing? Right. <laughs> Barbershop Connect. My bad. My bad, everybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he's used to messing up last names. Now he's now he's he's messing I, up I, other I names. I guess it's the 1.1 million followers that has him nervous. Yeah. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. <laughs> so what's up, Lee? So, uh, kind of where are you from? And uh, yeah, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Oh man, so I'm from New York, as you could tell by my accent. Uh, I grew up. Uh, wow. Um, so I grew up basically with hair. Okay. I used to have hair down here, <laughs> you know, used to go to uh, my, my mom's salon to get my hair cut. Uh, you know, never really thought about that I'd be in this business, but I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't think about it either. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I grew up kind of into sports and, uh, and never really uh, cared about fashion. Let's put it that way. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> when I grew up, the dirtier your sneakers were, the more women you got. Uh, the guys that I knew who rolled out of bed were the ones who had the best looking girlfriends. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I was into drawing. Like I wanted to be a, uh, an artist and work for Hanna-Barbera. That was my dream, you know, but. Have you, have you posted any of those pictures? Any of those cartoon pictures? No, you know, believe it or not. I, uh, you know, I kind of, um, I, I, I don't know how good I was, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was good enough to get a degree in college. Like I went to Syracuse and got a degree in art. But uh, when I was in college, this kid in my class broke his drawing hand and he drew better with his other hand than I drew with my good hand. And I called my parents <laughs> and I said, I definitely don't think that this will be my profession. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. It's like, it's like every young boy wants to be an NFL player. Just, you know what I mean? doesn't mean you're going to become an NFL player. No. Exactly. You know? But That was my childhood dream. You know, I was oh, I would love to play football. I love and then, you know, I didn't go to college. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the dream, high school. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, um, I, uh, as I grew up, I wanted to be a rapper. Uh, I had, uh, cornrows, uh, gold teeth and, uh, and really, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was completely living it. I got a record deal as a rapper and, uh, my parents wouldn't let me move to LA. Uh, and, um, yeah, I ended up starting a record company right when I graduated college because nobody would hire me. So, uh, me and my roommate (laughs) took $5,000 each and we, we built the record company. What? Well, wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's, 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 uh, that's Rick Rubin-esque, right? Didn't he do it? Believe it or not, uh, I am actually, after I leave you, going to Def Jam. So it's funny that you said Rick Rubin-ish. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I started it and that became my, you know, after the Hanna-Barbera thing wasn't happening, I was like, okay, now I want to be the next, you know, music executive and do all this stuff. And uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, I built a successful record company uh, putting out rap records, which I ended up selling uh, to New Line Cinema. And uh, I, I actually own a 50 Cent G-Unit record called Bad News. Uh, and um, 
yeah, I worked with a lot of different famous rap artists who now I help them get their hair cut. So it's, you never know. It's like a 360 turn, you know? Wait a second. So you worked with 50 Cent? Yeah, yeah. I I owned one of his records. I worked with Curtis uh, after he got shot nine times and no one wanted to go near him. Uh, His uh, guy, Shaw Money, brought me his music and I actually bought that record from them. And um, yeah, and uh, I worked with Fat Joe. I worked with a bunch of different artists. Uh, At that time, we were putting out vinyl. So... uh, you know, I had one of the hottest uh, independent records of that time period. And um, that's how I really got into the barbering business, you know? Um, yeah, wow. and, you know, I had an artist on tour with Eminem. Uh, so I did the anger management tour with them. And uh, Paul Rosenberg, uh, Riggs Morales were the managers, you know, who, who, you know, Paul manages M. He's also the president of Def Jam. He managed my artist. So, uh, you know, what happened was, is after doing it for several years, um, I had a rapper who wasn't going to make it. And uh, I was like, you got to come up with a profession. And he said, I want to become a barber. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And he was like, well, I need to help me go to barbering school. So I paid for him to go to barbering school. Was that in yeah, New York? in New York. Uh, he got his license. Uh, he changed his rap name from Smokescreen to Justice God Allah, and then oh got God. a job in Jamaica, Queens. I went down to his barbershop just to see what he became of himself, and everyone was yelling about music videos on TV. And from that point on, I came back and I looked at my wife and I said, I have this idea. I'm going to build a network of barbershops. And I'm going to brand music videos through the barbershops and then have them fill out forms of uh, feedback that will go back to the record companies to show uh, what their video is like, where it's impacting. And that's how I built my business. And I was doing this thing called the Urban Barbershop DVD, and I was getting flown all over the United States filming rap artists, uh, celebrities. And it was like a really hot DVD at that time. And uh, this was before YouTube even existed, you know? So, there, you know, either you saw a video on TV or you didn't see it at all. And, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I, I ended up launching uh, a campaign for Microsoft. I introduced the Xbox 360. I worked with them for seven years. And, oh and uh, I built Barbershop Connect out of Universal Records. My partner was Steve Rifkin, who ran Loud Records who put out Wu-Tang Clan, Mob Deep, Big Pun. And uh, yeah. I built it not really knowing whether anyone would care. And um, yeah, and that's how Barbershop Connect started, you know? So when you went to, so your initial thought when you went to your wife and you said that you wanted to, to you know, start this network of barbershops, was the idea to, um, to like franchise or to open barbershops or you were just going to pre-existing barbershops, you were going to kind of uh, connect no, them No, I wanted to create a modern day street team instead of people handing out flyers and not getting feedback, I wanted to be able to have a system where I can communicate with the barbers and their uh, clientele. Cause I always understood the value of the barber in the community, you know, uh, right. like, you know, a lot of brands at that time were chasing celebrities, but they're not tangible. The barber, he, he's, he's like the barbershop is the melting pot. You find out, 
what's hot in sports, fashion, music, trends, uh, you know, whose husband is cheating on whose wife. You find out everything in that place, you know? And I wanted to be the guy who was able to uh, facilitate uh, that between corporate America and uh, the general public. So, Plus, you had all the analytics. Oh, yeah. I, I, so, yeah. You all the forms. yeah. So, you know, what's amazing about Barbershop Connect is I had a barber. I knew nothing about haircuts. And uh, I had this kid, Eric, uh, send me haircuts. He was a barber from uh, Bay Shore. And uh, he would send me haircuts, and I'd be like, okay, what is this? He's like, oh, this is a fade. So I posted a fade. In my first week of doing Barbershop Connect, I got a death threat that uh, a barber wanted to kill me because I posted his haircut and didn't credit him correctly. And I, I said oh. to Eric, I said, my man, I've been working with Stone Cold Kill rappers my whole life, and I've never had this. I'm in one week in the barbering business, and already I got a guy who <laughs> me over a haircut. You know? I was like, that's when I learned the passion of, of what the barbers were. You know what I mean? So, Bro, but you did. I mean, you dissed him, though, man. I, I, didn't, I didn't correct. I didn't write his name correctly. You know what I mean? I didn't know that it was that big of a deal, you know? So, on the shoe, right. man. So, so the funny thing was is I'm looking at these analytics and I'm seeing 300 people a day on my barbershopconnect.com website. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm equating it to an artist performing in a club of 300 people. I'm like, wow, 300 people per day care about what Lee Resnick is posting, you know? And uh, so... I'll never forget it. I came up with this idea called Worst Haircuts at Walmart. And it was just a collage of awful haircuts that I saw. And uh, it had nothing to do with Walmart, but I thought it was funny. I posted it. I went down the block to Ben's Deli to get a sandwich. I came back and 2.5 million people shared it. And what? I thought there was an error in the, in the Google Analytics. And I'm looking at things and I'm like, holy cow. So after that, I did eyebrow failure. I did uh, before and after plastic surgery, stuff that I knew was negative, but my analytics went through the roof. I ended up signing an advertising deal with an agency that was selling ads for me. And next thing I know, I had a business, you know, that was built on negativity. So the amazing thing was is, uh, and I always credit this barber for it. And he actually came to the Modern Salon event with me. I got a phone call from a barber named Donald Conley, who's now an Andes educator. And uh, he actually just won the the grant from Schedulicity. Uh, the oh, yeah, 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 DC. Yeah, DC, the DC out of, South, out of yeah. Compton. He called me and he knew my name from the music business. And he was the only one who had the balls to call me and give me the reality. And the reality was, is he said, look, you don't realize all these barbers, including me, are looking at your page as the end all be all. You're not even a barber. He's like, but you have a decision to make. You could either change this, you know, business and promote it in a positive way and teach people. Or you could continue making a lot of money promoting negativity, negativity and be just like everybody else that's in a business, you know, trying to get the quick buck. And I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I said, I'm going to make a change. Even if it means that I lose money, if I could better this business and present opportunity for people, that's what I want to be. And it was very hard because the kid, Eric, that was sending me haircuts, you know, we started making money. 
it's hard to tell somebody, okay, guess what? We may not be making money anymore, but you know, you got to believe in the better good. And that's how Barbershop Connect really, you know, uh, began. And, uh, you know, I always thought about the barber that I paid for a barbering school. And then I started thinking about the world, you know, everybody, you know, they, they, they focus on this small box, you know, even like an athlete, you're the best pitcher in your town. But then when you go out of town, you know, you could just be average. So I mm-hmm. wanted to, I wanted people to learn globally from each other. And I knew that the techniques of haircutting was different in London. I knew it was different in Italy, Rotterdam. Everybody was doing something different. What was fashionable there may not be fashionable here. But if I can take, you know, that hit, eventually, if you keep driving the information and the visuals to people, you'll break down the barrier of comfort and people will begin to learn. And, uh, and that's why, you know, what I do became big, you know? This is, hold on for a sec. This, I mean, Tone, this is amazing to me. I mean, here you got a guy that's, that's, that's out of the music business. You know, the, the music business is, is, is traditionally like cutthroat, right? He started posting a bunch of negative stuff. And then, and then, you know, our, 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 our hopefully new friend DC out in, out in Compton, you know, kind of shook him a little bit and said, Hey man, you got to do the right thing. And instead of being cutthroat and instead of like, like chasing the money, like he slowed things down and said, you know what, I can make a difference to people that he's not even committed to. Right. Cause, cause like he said, he's not a barber. So it's not like he grew up in this world. It's not like, like when we started this, you know, we, we saw an opportunity because we've been in the industry. Right. Right. But he did have a link. He had a link when he paid for that gentleman's uh, education. Yeah, as but, a that barber. Mean, but what I'm saying, he cared, obviously he cared about that guy. So he, right. like he said, he thought about, you know, I could either, you know, ruin his profession, the, the general barber and make, mm-hmm. keep making fun of it or make a difference. Cause he said, you know, I, I, you know, I thought about that guy. So, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's a heart, there's a beating <laughs> yeah, heart in exactly, there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, I mean, I, I set you up just to applaud you. And, 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 and I'm sure that there's lots of people in the barbering industry that did that as well. Cause you know, we have enough negativeness in our industry, in our, well, in our world. Let's be yeah, honest. And that story is exactly what our podcast is all about. We love to interview people that truly cares or are really giving back and really promoting and building the community, not necessarily trying to tear down or make fun of it or, or, or trying to make a ton of money off of it in the sense of the expense of the community, right? You're doing great things in the community. So, Continue your story, man. I, I think that's, you know, definitely worth uh, applauding. applauding. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, what really inspired me was I went to the IBS show. And you, you got to remember, I didn't even know this world of haircutting existed. And I walked the floor and I was just completely blown away by the energy. And after that, I flew out to, you know, I think I spent a lot of time studying to try and understand how I can impact this business. And I went to Bronner Brothers and then it all clicked to me. I walked into the Bronner Brothers hair show and the first thing I saw was a Ford car right when I walked in. And I saw this huge billboard and it had a bunch of, uh, you know, female stylists on the billboard. So I said to my friend, I said, well, how come there's no barber on there? So he looked at me and said, well, you know, there's no money in barber. Like, that's where all the money is. So I said, well, why? And he said, well, walk around and you'll know. And I walked around the show 
and you know the the salon section was like a Broadway show. You had music playing, women dancing. You, I mean, it looked like I could just sit down and get a program that I was in Broadway. You know, <laughs> and it it was just amazing. Like I, and all I could think about was, wow, I wish my wife was here to see this because she'd be blown away by it. And then I went to the barbering section, and I'm like, I'm in the flea market down the block from my house. Like it was, you know, one guy was eating like food, like literally all over himself at the booth. Everyone is slinging something and it's by the fire escape exit doors. So I, I looked at him. I said, this has got to change. I said, what you don't realize is corporate America has a certain amount of multicultural marketing dollars that they spent. Okay. They want, they want to equate their dollar you know, to something. So how can I help this business get elevated if people can't, you know, elevate themselves? So right. uh, from that point on, I it became my mission to try and make people money from behind the chair, right? Everybody, you know, like barbering, I always say is a me business, not a we business, Okay. A lot of it is chair rentals. A lot of people work for themselves, even if they're working for somebody else. So the, the train of thought is completely different. It's like a horse that runs with blinkers on. They run out to the front of the race and then they just go. You know what I mean? They're very rarely looking from behind and saying, okay, how can I change this? How can I be better? So, you know, when I first started doing what I was doing, I had a couple of people that called me a culture vulture because I wasn't a barber and I knew who they were. You know, I knew them talking behind my back, but the reality was, is, you know, I always felt like since I wasn't a barber, it was good because it wasn't intimidating. Like I never uh, played favorites. I never cared whether you had one client, you know, a hundred clients. I didn't care whether you cut a celebrity I looked at everybody the same way because at the end of the day, I put my guy, you know, justice through this education and he got a job. Who the hell is he? He's just a neighborhood guy. You know what I mean? And now barbering is his life. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that was my mission, man. You know? Well, you've done, I mean, you've done an amazing job. I mean, it's, it's, by the way, I love that. I love that quote, culture vulture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, I still know who called it to me, and I still have lunch and dinner with them and act like I don't know anything. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Are you such a mob ball? Yeah, listen, (laughs) I don't even care, man. You know, uh, to me, there's always a a better good and a bigger picture. Uh, But, um, you know, listen, when Instagram came out, I was like, I remember Eric telling me, oh, there's this thing, Instagram, whatever. I was like, we don't make any money from that. Who cares about that? That's for like 13-year-old kids. So mm. I'll tell you, the funny part about it was I, I was trying to figure out how to make money from Instagram, you know? <laughs> and then finally it all clicked for me. Because I was like, everyone wants to be on Barbershop Connect. We're going to create a demand, you know? And I went to the Cosmoprof show. And you guys will love this because – how long have you been in the hair business for? Uh, 30 okay. years. So you'll appreciate this. Cosmo Prof Show, you know, the, the carpeting is white. It's like a totally different feel. Everybody's in right. suits. 
And then there's Lee Resnick in jeans and a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> you should come watch us at a country right. prop you show. Know? We look- and I'm like, <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, holy shit, I'm underdressed, you know? But <laughs> I walk the floor, you know, and uh, I was like, this is the coolest show ever because I can just go up to the president of a company and talk to them, you know? And my strategy was I didn't go the first day. I went the second day because I felt like they really wanted to meet with distributors on the first day. Second day was a little slower. So maybe I can, you know, impact them. And I walked into Marbicide, William Marby's booth. And I said to him, I was like, hey, you know, I, I met him. I was like, look, everybody loves what you do. Well, I'm going to make you more important than Barbicide because I run this social media thing. And I, I start to show him, I take out my laptop computer. And I'm showing him and he's looking at me and he said to me, he said, son, I got to be honest with you. I don't even know how to turn on a computer. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you got to talk to my son about this. I don't don't really know what to tell you. And that was how my experience went. And I'm walking, I'm, I'm trying to show people the value of social media and no one wanted to know. I mean, you got to remember this business has been around so many years so many people have gotten grandfathered in, you know, and they never had to spend any marketing money, you know, because they were the brand. So now they're looking at this guy, this young kid who doesn't look like them showing a laptop. Most of them don't even know. They, I mean, Instagram, they didn't even know how to work Facebook, you know. And then there's me Lee, what year was them this? how he could win. The one brand what year was that hired me was the best. You know, it was a woman named Ileana Moya. She was the head of marketing for Oster. And she sat there and she looked at me. She was the only one who gave me a time of day. And she pointed at the Andes booth. And she said, you see that brand? I said, yes, I know they're Clippers. She said, yes, they're cool. She said, you see that brand over there? I said, yes, wall. She said, yes, they're cool. So she said, we're not cool. I said, no. She said, can you make us cool? So I said, I can make you cool. So she said, okay, so if I hire you and I give you a clipper, you could make me cool? I said, I'll make you cooler than everybody in this room. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, all right. And I said, and you'll give me a chance? She said, yeah, I'll give you a chance. The first clipper I marketed was the Model 1, okay? Which, as we know, is not the best clipper, okay? And let me tell you something. I impacted that Model 1. I had all these barbers on Instagram posting using the Model 1. So after that, she was like, you know, like, that was amazing. Can I give you another clipper? Then she gave me the Model 10. So I marketed the Model 10. And I said to her, listen, you should just have me build your social media and run it. Because I be that good. And... They, they didn't want to do it because, again, I'm a one-man guy. I don't look like everybody else. Oh, yeah, he's good, you know. Finally, they did it, and I built the Oster social media and ran it for six years. From that point, wow. I went on and got hired by Persona. I built that and ran it. I built Gibbs Grooming, ran that. I was doing marketing campaigns for pretty much every brand in the barbering business. And no one knew. <laughs> until now you know like really that's crazy that's that's like, awesome yeah everybody that, everybody had the same secret weapon Lee Resnick, <laughs> they just didn't know I it doing, <laughs> i was doing it all yeah, i was doing it all and um you know i was never flashy about it because 
again, like to me, this generation feels that they have to show, you know, monetary things to show success. You know, you see people, you know, flashing all sorts of things. They're driving their cars, everything. I'm a family guy. I've been married. I always say this. I think it's 18 years. When you're married that long, you forget. Uh, you know, I got two kids that, you know, still probably are trying to figure out what the hell daddy does for a living. Uh, I never made a business card and you guys should never either. Uh, you know, cause mostly anyone who asks you for a business card, you really don't want them calling you anyway. And, uh, and then the more successful you get, the more things you do, how the hell do you write it all on a business card? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Title's bigger than a card. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, uh, and the funny thing is, guys, you know how many Instagram followers I have personally? About 500, you know? Because personally... You're going to have two more today. Yeah, okay, you know, personally, I'm not that excited. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I always laugh because people are like, oh, let me get your Instagram. I'm like, what do you want to see? Pictures of my kid playing soccer? You know, my daughter singing? Like, that's what you're going to see on that page. You know what I mean? So you can follow Barbershop Connect, you know, but, you know, like Barbershop Connect is not, you know, and this is where, you know, things change. When you get bigger, okay, and you start impacting so many people's lives, you, you, you have to remember, we look at this number 1.1 million, 10 million tags as a number. But if you put 1.1 million people in a room, you could really sway the lives of so many because they're real people. You know what I mean? So you really need mm -hmm. to be very careful when you have a following of the impact that you have. You know, uh, you know, I've done things that, I, example, I've had, I've raised money to help barbers and to help general people. Uh, you know, and I always say this, and it, it's very sad, 1.1 million people, and I tell a story of, you know, a barber who got killed over a pair of sneakers, and the parents, no insurance, they can't even afford the funeral for the kid. Well, donate a dollar, and you can change somebody's life for a family, you know, and and that's what I try and do. You know, that to me means more than, than building a company. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I go to bed knowing that I changed somebody's life that I don't even know, you know, uh, you know, I mean, look, that's beautiful. I mean, who am I? Really you know what I mean? Like I need to lose 20 pounds. I wish I had more <laughs> hair, but you know what? when people stop and they want to take pictures of me, I always kind of laugh at that. Cause I'm like, you know, okay. You know, yeah. Barbershop connect, but it, it's not about me. I wouldn't exist without the, these people, you know? And um, mm -hmm. yeah. And so when I see people traveling all over the world, I know that I help do that, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah. Let's, 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 let's dive more into, uh, barbershop connect right so how the evolution of it because you know obviously you started up you started just posting uh you know pictures of barbers then it got in a little bit of negativity then you brought it back into trying to make it positive you grew that into uh millions uh and then now it's kind of you know 
switched over and on the Instagram has caught up up to 1.1 million. But instead of just posting pictures, that's evolving to more than just pictures, correct? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because when Instagram happened, it took away from my website. And, uh, you know, so what I find now is this, um, YouTube has become an educational platform for people. So now you have a lot of barbers who post things like their, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you really see this in the cosmetology world so much, but uh, like their online academy, you know, like now all of a sudden a guy who works in, the, in his basement has an online academy of hundreds of thousands of followers and is impacting people. And I'm always like, who the hell is that guy? You know what I mean? Like, he's the online academy, and everyone's like, oh, he's amazing, you know? And and it's sad because people now think that, oh, I don't have to go to school and get an education. Well, are you going to learn sanitation that way? Like, does that mean I can learn how to do No, man. You got you to gotta go to school, get your education, and you can learn from other people, you know? So, you know, what I'm doing, you know, people always ask me, oh, yeah, what's next for Barbershop Connect, you know? What I, what I do is this. I take a lot of time to study and try and figure out how I can impact. And what I'm doing now is, so let's say I post Tony's haircut. And I post your haircut. You know what happens? You throw me that's the hand praying sign and you say, thanks so much for posting my haircut. Right? But now right. I got a guy in Ghana who sees the haircut and he says, Tony, how did you do that haircut? Guess what? Tony's not answering. He's too busy cutting hair and trying to make a living. So the conversation right. stops. So you learned the end result, but you don't know the process on how to get there. So what I've realized mm. is, is you know what? I know the best barbers and cosmetologists in the world. Not everybody gets to see them. Not everybody has the luxury of going to a show not everybody has the luxury of going to a school so what barbershop connect will be come the website is a learning platform for people so i'm going to post the end result on instagram but do a membership service where you can learn how to do things from my platform that's the future of what i'm doing because even if it's screwing in a picture frame I want to have the answers for everybody because what's happening is people are learning it from people that aren't qualified. Not that I'm qualified, but I'm going to the people that, that do the best, you know, like sheer work right now, all the U S barbers are looking at the guys from London. The guys from London are looking at the guys from Italy, you know? Uh, So if I could capture all of that on a platform, now I have something that's different. You know, so, mm. yeah. I like that. Kudos. Yeah. How, that's, so, yeah. so you'll, so you'll, I don't know how to phrase this. So you'll keep the actual video content. So it's not like you're going to do like a, like a YouTube uh, yeah. uh, link or no. anything. So you're going to, you'll control the content. Correct. You'll control the video. Yeah. Because exclusivity has value. You know what I mean? Like everybody mm-hmm. is, is so into the YouTube and the numbers. Okay. And here's, this is what I always tell people. I would rather have 10 people that follow me that, that live for me. They're on, they're on me than a million that aren't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, 
people were so enamored by numbers, whereas I'm enamored by the loyalty and the 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 actual people that I'm impacting. You know what I mean? So when I look at the 1.1 million that I have, you know, I've I've discovered things the other day that blew my mind. You know, and it's funny because it's always kids. You know, kids know more than than adults do with some of this technology stuff. You know, <laughs> uh, my my son told me, "Dad, you can't believe that all these famous soccer players follow you." And I was like, "They do? I didn't even know." So <laughs> I'm like, "Who?" So I'm looking at them. You know, nine million followers. This and they're like tremendous in their country. You know. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to direct message them. One of the guys gets right back to me. He says, oh, when you're in Spain, come by. I'll definitely meet you and your son. I couldn't believe it. That was the first time I've wow. ever, like, was like, wow, Barbershop Connect is really that big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was like, oh, crazy. why do they follow me? You know? Like, all right, cool. You know? Yeah. Because you got the best the best looks on there. That's I, why. You know what, man? It, it, it's funny. I, I study a lot of... Uh, life when i say that i want to know you know i know when when couples break up when guys are sick i know everything like i guess you could call it voyeurism <laughs> but if you understand people's habits then you know when to post and how to post that's why i had this guy say to me something the other day and i just was like i almost jumped through the phone and choked this guy because he was like well barbershop connect why are we in business with you you know, when we talk about impacting numbers, you know, I'm like, my man, like, stop looking at the numbers. Stop looking at the real people. You know, like I work, I'm working with Schedulicity right now. And one of the best parts of the campaign that they're doing, Schedulicity Cares, is that they actually care about the real people. And, I, you know, everybody else is chasing numbers. Oh, this guy's got 50,000 followers. We need to be in business with him. Throw him a few hundred bucks and let's have him post pictures. No way, man. Capture the people that really like your whatever you're offering. You know, that those are the people that I want to be in business with. You know? So, so, so Lee, I mean, this is, this, this is exactly why we're in business with Schedulicity as well is for that. And, and, you know, we're, we're trying to impact as many people as we can through this, through this tiny little podcast of ours. So do you, do you, do you see that the future and not even necessarily the future of Barber Connect, but just the future of these relationships, do 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 you feel that it's going to be more like person to person based or, or how do you, how do you reach the actual the actual people. And, and I agree with you. I think Schedulicity is doing that. But do you see that that the future is where the entire industries are going? You know, I I don't know, man. You know, what I look at it is, you know, um, I think that where it's all going, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like running on a treadmill. It's not really going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that are the same over and over and over again. And the problem with social media is that you can live a fraudulent life and people believe it. You know what I mean? And you got brands that are totally dysfunctional, human beings that are leading on stage that aren't even, you know, certified educators, you know? So uh, where is it all going? Um, I think that 
it takes leaders to change a business, you know? And um, I hear this a lot, right? I hear uh, a brand that I wanted at Barbican. They told me they don't have the money to be at Barbican. They just walked <laughs> me through their building in Manhattan. Their building, not an office, a building. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, come on now. I'm not asking you for a lot of money. You don't have the money? Do I look like an idiot? You know? No. Just say this. Say men's grooming is trending. We want to be in the men's grooming business. We don't want to be in the barbering business because we're afraid of that. So we're going to call it men's grooming because it's safer. And we have no idea what we're doing or how to reach these people. So we're just going to sit and keep meeting and figuring out what our place is. And then we'll throw you a few dollars when we're ready to lose some money. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I see. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. And I see it, guys, every day. I'm always like, oh, yeah, you know. I mean, I just went to a show. A brand told me they had no money. I see a 20 by 20 booth. I'm like, you don't get what I do. Okay, cool. Like, I'll do <laughs> You know what I mean? So, yeah. But the, the barbering industry as a whole, man, had – over the last 10 years, has it changed? Even, I mean, the, the, definitely not only the quality of the education, just the whole experience, everything about it is, is in like prime time right now. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I, I love, I love it because I love talking to the people that really live for it. Like I look at your beard and the first thing I think of is, uh, you know, Maestro's the brand, uh, the owner ghost. Okay. I never really go to a lot of these brands. This guy was, so, when I met him, he was so passionate about his brand and the actual beard that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to drive to Bristol, Pennsylvania and go see this guy because I just I want to know what, why he's so passionate. And I drove hours to Bristol, Pennsylvania. He had the coolest place. And he was so funny because we just talked. I was like, look, man, I'd love to do something different with you than anybody else because you're so passionate about the brand and you've executed being in target without people even knowing, you know, like a lot of barbers are like, Oh, he's in target. He sold out. I'm like, you're in target. You're in barber, you know, shops. You're doing a great job, man. And, and he was so cool. We talked about what we want to do. And then on my way out the door, he looks at me and says, Hey Lee, listen, if you're ever going to come, you know, back here again, you got to grow it out, man. You got to grow it out. <laughs> so I looked at him and I said, I'm like, all right. So I drove home. And then, you know, I was like, yeah, I ain't never going there again. So I don't have to worry about growing out. And sure enough, you know, like I had to go there again. So I start freaking out. I'm like, shit, I got five days to prepare my beard. <laughs> so I look at my wife on the day five and I say to her, I'm like, how, how does my beard look? She looks at me and she goes, just looks like you need to shave. That's not a beard. I was like, shit, I got to cancel my meetings. So I called him. I said, Ghost, can we do a conference call? Because I don't feel very well today. He's like, yeah, sure. You know? <laughs> so, you know, look, look, stuff like that always keeps me going. You know? Um, I, uh, I did a TV show. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, I did a TV show called Cedric's Barber Battle. And uh, Cedric the Entertainer was my partner. And it was... It was oh, wow. a 10-episode uh, barber battle show on the CW network. 
and it was the first time a barber show or or haircutting show actually was ever on a network TV show. That was the first time I've ever done a TV show. Wow. That, can, is it on demand? <laughs> I know. Can yeah, I watch I'm sure you can watch can it. Yeah, watch sure. it? We gave $15,000 away uh, every episode to barbers, and uh, it was an amazing experience. After I did that, that was when I started BarberCon, you know? Uh, not to weave into that, but, uh, you know, um, BarberCon started because after I did this multi-million dollar TV show, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do now? You know, like, where do you go from here? And uh, I had Gibbs Grooming that called me. They were a new brand. And they were just like, hey, you know, uh, these big shows are killing us, man. And he said to me, he's like, you know, I'm paying all this money. And I'm being screwed, dude. He's like, they're putting me in a bad location. And I'm just not seeing the the money, you know. And uh, he's like, you know, can you do a showcase for me? And I was like, you just want me to have people cutting hair? He's like, yeah, just, you know, have us there and, you know, see who comes out. And I said, look, man, I've never done this before. And I definitely do not want to be in the event business. I was like, I'll try it. You know, I'm like, you got to pay me and I'll I'll do a show. I'll call it the Barbershop Connect Showcase. I said, and see if anyone gives a crap. So we did this showcase and... I freaked out. We had 650 people inside and a thousand outside that couldn't get in. I didn't even make a flyer. And wow. he looked at me and he was a, Brian, who's the owner of Gibbs, nicest guy. He said to me, he said, dude, this is like Woodstock. <laughs> so I said, I said, Brian, I don't know Woodstock. I go come from the rap world. I know what you mean. You know? So he's like, this is amazing, man. He goes, look at this. Everyone's so happy. And we're the only ones here. And he was like, we got to go bigger next year. So I said, well, bigger means more money. This is not Colorado. This is Manhattan, you know? So he said, he right. said okay, well, you know, you can bring some other brands in, you know, just, you know, just keep it respectful. So I was like, all right, right. He goes, just make sure they're cool people. You know, this is fun. Like, you don't need all these corporate, you know, suit people. I was like, dude, I'm with you. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. So it's funny because the kid Eric that was working with me, he he went to this thing called SneakerCon, and he called me. He's like, "Hey, you know uh, Jay Majors who does the Connecticut show? He should call his event BarberCon." So I was like, "Hey, that's a great idea. Call him." So, so he calls him, and Jay's like, "I'm not calling my event BarberCon. I'm calling it the CT Barber Expo because that's what the CT Barber Expo is." I said. Okay, well, all right, cool. Well, guess what? I'm going to use this name, BarberCon, because I get the branding end of this one. And uh, and that was it. And that's how BarberCon started. And what I did was I called every brand that I dealt with. And I said, how do you measure success of a show? How can I make you happy when you leave? And they gave me all the ideas. I wrote them down. Then I called all the people that go to shows, women, men, Younger kids, older men, you know, I said, what do you value in a show? And they told me. And that was how I built BarberCon. And I continue every year to call people after my show to find out how I make it better. You know, and the best thing is, is, is always giving people an experience, you know, Uh, you know, social media it's great, but you never actually meet the human being behind it. 
Like when I see you guys, I would like to get a draft beer, sit back and really just, you know, talk because again, shaking your hand and thanking you for having me on here is different than me just sitting here looking at myself and my two chins. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, but that's how Barbican started, you know? We're going to make that happen. Yeah, we're way. definitely going to make that happen. Um, yeah, that's what Corey and I was talking about earlier uh, before we got on air. Uh, you know, just, you know, because you founded Barbican in 2016, but how, how, it's hard to get a ticket to go to Barbican, right? I mean, it's, I mean, these shows, they sell out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird because I do the same thing every year and uh, barbers wait till the last two weeks, okay? There are times where I sell one ticket a day, sometimes no tickets. And then all of a sudden, you know, I the, the first year I did Barbican, I swear to God, I lost six pounds, okay? It was the best <laughs> diet I ever went on. For the first Barbican, I didn't even shower. I was so freaked out. I, I showed up at the venue at, at 6 o'clock in the morning with, with the table delivery people, I had no help. I did, when I sold out Webster Hall, that was just me. When I sold out Terminal 5, it was just me. Three level venues, you know? And I'm one individual running it. And then you got friends that are outside these idiots like, yo, I didn't know I didn't need tickets. I needed tickets. It says it's sold out. I'm like, I'm on stage right now. I got brands. I got all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I told you it was going to sell out. Every year I have the same thing. You know, uh, New York now is so big that we made it two days. You know what I mean? But uh, I've always wanted an indoor outdoor festival. And, I, you know, because I see these music festivals that give different experiences, like every day is a new performer. And that's why Barbican, like people ask me, oh, how does it separate from everybody else? I call it an experience show because I realize there's a lot of people that want education and rely on these events for education. And then there are some people that just want to come hang out and have a good time. They're not so intense. So, you know, I have my outdoor pavilion area this year. I have a skateboard ramp that the Holy black is bringing. I have food trucks. I have my first barber battle, which is best fade, no filter. And people are always like, well, why aren't there other categories? I'm like, you know why? Because not everybody could do a design. I don't care about the money end of it. I don't really care about the competition end of it. I just want to give people, you know, everyone can do a fade. So, you know, it gives a generic person, a general guy who will probably never be on stage, a chance to be on stage. You know, so someone wins $1,000, that's great, good. You know what I mean? I do it more for the experience, you know? Uh, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Suavecito has a huge, you know, section outside. I love the way they think outside the box because they were like, hey, Lee, you know what? We are inside last year. We do good at your show every year, but how can we do something different? You know what? Show some balls. Go outside, deal with the weather, and, and you guys sell so much stuff that nobody even knows about. Bring all that apparel stuff that when I go to your store in Santa Ana that I see. I love brands that think differently, you know? And uh, I do something that no one else does. I vet out every brand that's in the room. Because right now, anyone can private label a product and say they have a brand. Well, guess what? You are, you know, you're Layright. Okay, Donnie Hawley, those guys spend a lot of money on their brand. Now, all of a sudden, I got a booth next to him slinging a $5 pomade. You're a barber. You got $40 on you. You want to buy something. You may look at that 
that $5 pomade that's garbage and pay that $5 because it's cheaper. I want you to leave having a good product. It may cost you a little bit more, but I'd rather less is more. You know what I mean? Leave and get something right. good and have a good experience. That's how I built BarberCon. You know? Mm. That's crazy. In a it's short amount awesome. of time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So uh, you're going to bring in some of your, uh, your rap friends for, for a concert as Absolutely well? Absolutely not. I never, I never mix music with it because once you start doing that, it takes away from what the event is about, and that's the people that are there. Okay? Music will sell more tickets. But what happens is, is the music becomes the highlight where it's got to be the barber and the stylist that's the highlight. It's about these people. It's my way in celebrating the craft across the board. Like Kevin Luchman from London, he's the host of my Bridging the Gap from Cosmetology to Men's Grooming stage, okay? Uh, I, I fly Kevin in because he understands that world. You know, Sophie Stagold is the first female host of a barber event on my main stage, okay? Is she going to, you know, go, ah! You know, like a Busta Rhymes, wow, wow, craziness? No. But you know what? She's respected on different platforms. And that's what I'm trying to do is bring that respect and professionalism along with entertainment. So, you know, June 9th and 10th in New York, uh, indoor, outdoor, three stages, uh, and just a total experience, you know? Man. Dude, I love that. So June 9th and 10th. So that's just a few weeks away. Yeah. yeah. So Lee, where does one go? To, uh, well, are you sold out yet? No, I'm, I'm just selling. Right now, I'm trying to make sure all the VIP tickets get sold out because those have private education classes and those are only available on uh, barbercon.com. You know, everyone asked me this week, can I, can I get, you know, those tickets? They're only available online. You know? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So, uh, Barbican, so that that's where all the ticket, all tickets can be will be available yeah, there. Yeah, then, and yeah? Then we have a bunch of different ticket outlets for people don't that don't have a credit card. Uh, and um, yes, don't shake your head; you should be surprised. You know, you know how many women I have that buy tickets for them, man. It's incredible. You know, uh, yeah. But uh, I'll give you a great number, and this is how I know I'm doing good. Forty percent women now attend Barbican. I mean, that's oh. a big number, you know? So if you're a single you, you, barber, 20%. if you're a single barber and you're looking for a wife, you may find it at Barber. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, listen. It, it, hey, next to the experience is going to be the dating yeah, game. Yo, right. I, got, I got the family feud game, and I hope you guys play. So I set up a life-size, wall-size family feud game called Barber Feud, and it's, it's, it's trivia questions related to our business as well as real life and people win prizes i have a host everything it's it's incredible you know who's hosting and you'll see it's a it's a real person <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, awesome. i mean it's i try and make it fun man and you know again there's people from all over the world showcasing from japan to rotterdam to italy all over and you know, at the end of the day, everyone will learn. And it's great to be able to meet your favorite educator and, and shake their hand. And I always laugh because people are like, you know, I saw you at Barbican, but I was intimidated. And I was like, you were intimidated to come up to me? You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Last year, I sat down and had jerk chicken with three barbers. 
and they had no idea who I was. And and I, I just sat there and I talked about the show. And then afterwards, I said, hey, guys, I'm so glad you attended and you enjoyed it. And they're like, they were so confused. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Barbershop Connect. And the guy was, he was looked at me, he's like, huh? <laughs> 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 and I was like, I was like, no, I really am. And they're like, but we're so confused. You just sat down and had a meal with us? I was like, yo, I got to get to know the real people that are here. I was like, you know, and guess what? They're all coming back, you know? Of course. That's beautiful, man. That, that, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. I'm, I'm like, like, like people are listening in, but I'm just like, he just like sold me. Like, I'm so stoked to be yeah. there now, you know, like, I can't wait. So we're going to be there as well. You know, we're not going to be, uh, we're not going to have jerk chicken with you at a, at, at yeah. lunch or well, listen, bro, I'm, that you're doing your podcast, I'm definitely coming in and crashing one of them. I, oh, you're allowed to. I, I don't have a day off. You call it your day off. But I don't have a day off. Okay. <laughs> no, neither do we. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome, man. That's cool. So, I mean, I mean, we need to wrap this thing pretty yeah. quick, but you know, he's also having like cosmetologists come in too, because um, I know Presley's going to be there and she's going to be, uh, she's teaching some color techniques, right? For yeah, Barbara? I have Presley coming. I just spoke to uh, Red Hot Stylist uh, the other day because I want her to do color demonstration for Muck. Uh, Muck just launched a, a new color line. And I'm really trying again, like I see Barbara starting to experiment with color. So I, I want to try mm -hmm. and introduce that to the world. Uh, I have a bunch of braiders coming trying to, you know, I'm trying to give something for everybody. Uh, I have people that do man units. Somebody asked me, well, Mickey the Barber, are they going to give us a man unit? I'm like, shit, my wife loves me. She doesn't care what I look like, but, you know, I got everything. So, right. <laughs> you need to do a man unit on that face of yours, man, before you go, uh, before you go and visit Ghost again. Listen, I'm afraid of Ghost right now because I know he's going to see me and he's going to be like, what's going on, bro? You know, but yeah, don't tell him if you see him. <laughs> is he going to BarberCon? he'll be there yeah 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 they have uh they're bringing in the barber veterans they do a lot of stuff for charity you know so oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. well you got two weeks three weeks to grow that thing out there yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little nervous but you know yeah <laughs> well, well well theatrical makeup's good you can always just have one taped on right so it looks kind of real I'll buy that, like, yeah. mustache that you stick on and everything <laughs> You know? Maybe I'll do that. You guys are giving me good ideas, you know? Right. Maybe the little mustache with the glasses. You, you know yeah. what, man? The I'll tell you something. I'm 45 years old, okay? When you reach my age and you start, you know, getting injuries, just getting out of bed, you stop caring about all that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Preach it, man. Preach it, brother. I people like this. I'm like, I should do a barber video of, like, you know, like what really goes on in my car. You know, like. <laughs> the Lamborghini logo. I'm gonna flash you the pizza that my kid threw on the floor in the back. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. You does so should. Uh, well, guys, thank, you, thank you so much for having me on here. And uh, if 100%. there's anything you guys need from me in support of anything, you know, uh, again, I, it's interesting because you did say, you know, this is the year of the barbers. Like, you know, it's the first time you're having, you know, barbers. Uh, I think that you know, again. It's great to see because it just shows you the walls breaking down. Ultimately, you know, hopefully this business, the categories will start, you know, kind of intertwining the more people learn and be around each other, you know? Exactly. 100%. I've never actually thought of the businesses as that different. It wasn't actually really until we start the podcast that I realized, oh, there's two distinct 
like worlds here, you know, yep. not for good or for bad, but you know, there's definitely, I mean, it's so funny that we're in the same world, but yet it's so segregated. Yeah, well, anyway. I, I but, watched you guys, you know, I, I, la- I, I stood there and watched for a while, you know, uh, when we were, when we were in yeah, LA, I watched, yeah, when I was in LA and, uh, you know, I just, um, yeah, because I like to know like, what the hell was going on, you know, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, you guys are like, uh, what is it? Uh, um, like the, uh, Bill and Ted's like in, in the, Right. Yeah, we'll take take exactly. That's awesome. Awesome, man. I can't wait to to hook up and uh connect and uh yeah, man. You know, bad respect with everything you're doing, man. Major problems. Well, listen, I I appreciate it. You know, thanks again for believing in me enough to put you uh me on your show, you know? So no brainer. I mean, you know, you, you just heard it all. Mr. Lee Resnick, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. You're welcome. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>